What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Century Tournament of Champions. That's right. We're back. It's 2021. It's going to be phenomenal. More data than ever before, more content than ever before. If you have been on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel before, welcome back. If you are new, what took you so long? Welcome. Come on in. Uh, There's a lot going on with the new year. Let me cover just a few things before we dive into this. Um, RickRunGood.com, my data website, is undergoing the largest revamp in the history of the site. If you've been on it, you've probably already noticed that. Uh, There are a lot of tools that I've injected literally millions of more rows of data into. There are more visualizations. They are what I think is is significantly better. Uh, And those are underway uh, and, and, and mostly done. There are a few tools outstanding that I needed live data on, or I needed uh, to just test further. Some of them are very complex. So over the course of the next few weeks, you're going to see tweaks, you're going to see updates, you're going to see revamps of additional tools. Um, I'm a one-man show. So remember that. Like If if you see anything that kind of looks off or might be a bug, or you think it's not acting the way that you should, email me. Let me know. Happy to look into it. Um, it's awesome. You'll you'll see a lot of the new tools in, in this video. And also, if you want to see them all, there are tutorials. I make a tutorial for every tool that is on the website. So go to rickrungood.com, scroll about halfway down. There is a button that says YouTube tutorials. Click on that and watch the tutorial for any tool that you want to see how it actually works and what it looks like. Um, content. A lot of content coming this year. As you can imagine, going to continue with the, uh, obviously the, the DFS previews, the one and done previews, the betting previews, the fades, the sleepers, 300 yards to unknown with Eric Patterson, uh, and live chats and live items. I'm very bullish about live content. And for this week, I have three live streams scheduled. The first Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is the Century Tournament of Champions live chat. That's what we always do every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Your final thoughts, questions, ownership, weather, if that comes into play, all that stuff, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Brand new for 2021. This is going to be awesome. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. Joe Idoni at Torpix and myself hosting a live jock market show. That's right. Jock market, stock market, DFS. We all got into it last year where I'm, you know, playing, playing NBA, playing NFL during the break was great, but time to get back to the PGA. And we are going to have a show in the hour around IPO close. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm stoked about it. Jock market, such a great partner. Joe is great. I think it's really going to be revolutionary. I think it's super interesting and it's going to be 8.15 PM every Wednesday on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. And then this week, this week only, uh, I'm going to live stream a season-long fantasy golf draft on Thursday at 8.45 PM Eastern time. It's being run on fan tracks. I will live stream the picks and talk through them. Please join me. I think, I mean, that's it. Before we jump into all this, there's just so much going on. It's going to be a great year. I thank you all for your continued support. Uh, If you'd like to enter a draw to win a month subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do that. If you're here on YouTube, 
Like the video. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Leave a comment below. Tell me who's going to win the Tournament of Champions. That's it. Very simple. That'll get you in the draw. Also, you can go to the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. I'll link it in the description. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and drop your Twitter handle so that I can get in touch with you. That will also give you an entry. I'll draw somebody, announce it next week on the Monday show uh, for a month subscription to Rick Rungood. It's going to be great. Let's get into it. I can't wait. This might be the longest video of the year because I have been waiting weeks to do this. Let's go. All right, let's jump into the course for this week, Kapalua Resort. What you're looking at is the course key stats metrics. Uh, If you're new, what I do is I run a a regression model uh, for all, I think there's like 160 official golfer profile stats on the PGA Tour. I run those against results for each season, and we find out what stats are most important uh, for every single course. This is probably going to get a makeover. This is one of these tools that the data really strong, really solid. I love it. I just have a couple of tweaks to the visualization of this, but for now, still really good, still really valuable. Um, Par 73, Kapalua plantation course. Uh, it is not because of an additional par five, right? There's only three par fives. It's because of an additional par four, uh, more than the standard. So you actually get one more par four. There's three par fives. And then I think there's only, I guess, what's that leave? Three par threes, uh, um, 7,500 yards, nearly 7,600 yards, but we're going to talk about distance in a second because that number plays wildly different. Uh, if you're into the gla- grass type specialist, you can get the putting numbers here um, for guys who putt better on Bermuda than any other surface. But I want to go here. This is the meat and potatoes. This is my favorite thing, running all the stats against the results, finding out which are most important by each course. And we have such a strong, solid history at Kapalua that I, I really take these into account. So of the most common stats, uh, the most common stats that are important Driving distance and strokes gained putting, uh, they are number one, which means that they are more important at Kapalua, those two stats, than any other course on the PGA Tour. That is what that means. Now, we can dive a little bit deeper into this because this is a unique event. Only the champions usually get here. So you actually do see a lot of the strokes gain numbers. They pop up. There's like every stat is like a top 10 stat here. And the reason for that is probably because the best players are playing here, right? You don't have a full field like you like you normally would. These are already the best players, so they're also going to rank highly in strokes gain T degree, and they're also going to rank highly in birdie or better percentages because they're the better players. So a little bit of grain of salt you want to take this with, but um, I really do like this. I think driving distance is important to an extent. Um, there are some, you know, you're going to see 400 yard drives at Capilou. You're going to see guys, if they hit the correct side of the fairway, it's going to run all the way down. There's a a huge undulation, uh, and elevation changes at Capilou. So you're going to see a lot of that. And, and and honestly, the better players tend to hit it further. So I'm not as excited about driving distance, although I, I, I do think that it's important. I'm not as excited about saying it's the most, you know, it's more important here at Kapalua than any other course. Stroke scene putting is interesting though, because, uh, what you get at Kapalua are very large greens. I think they're, don't quote me on this. Actually, I guess I could look it up 10, 8,700 square feet. It's on the larger side on the PGA tour, anything over like 7,500, um, I deem to be large. And, uh, you see that actually three putt avoidance 
is also an important stat, which I find to be interesting because on these big greens, you can three putt more often. So I do like the guys that can putt it well. So uh, especially with the undulations that you can get at Kapalua, you know, there's, there is always the, the, uh, issue of reading putts on an island because normally you'd say, oh, it goes towards the water. Goes Well, it, the water's all around you. You're on an island. So it, it, I do think you need to be an apt uh, putter or at least be pretty decent with your reads and with the flat stick. So all that being said, uh, oh, and then sorry, it's going to be a long video. Buckle in, you know, hike up your boots. We're ready to rock and roll. So um, the birdie or better percentage, especially in a no cut event, right? Guys are guaranteed four rounds. There's going to be a significant portion of this field that outperforms their finishing position with their position in DraftKings points or in FanDuel points. Um, so keep that in mind. Birdie or better percentage always going to be critical, especially in these no cut events. So with all that being said, who are those golfers? Well, if we sort by driving distance, uh, no surprise to see Bryson DeChambeau top of the list, not even close. This is for 2021 at the current moment. Again, this is going through a bit of a facelift, but um, Bryson DeChambeau, 10,200. We're going to talk a lot about him. Some of these fairways are like 100 yards wide. You're going to be able to uh, just absolutely bomb it without regard for accuracy, which in theory should play into the hands of guys like Bryson. And I think it comes into more into play on, you know, a lot of these par fives are gettable, right? Uh, the par fours, I think he's going to have short iron wedge into every single par four, right? I mean, I'd, I'd have to go look at the scorecard again, but it's it's going to be something special, I think, from, from Bryson here uh, in terms of driving distance. Joaquin Neiman early in the year, not as many um, uh, rounds played, but surprisingly, he's up here in terms of, of driving distance. Dustin Johnson, Cameron Champ, Sergio Garcia also rank up there. And then Ryan Palmer, weirdly, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Probably talk about him a lot this season. I, tw- I tweeted about him a bit. He was... Um, in terms of median performances, Ryan Palmer was absolutely outstanding last year. He was golfer number 13. Think about that. Uh, better than Patrick Reed in terms of median DraftKings scoring. Uh, putters. Shouldn't be a surprise here. I think we're going to see you know Brandon Todd up here. Yeah, we're going to see Jason Kokrak again early in the season. Uh, but Brandon Todd is a historically good putter. Cameron Smith, historically good putter. Webb Simpson, historically good putter. Justin Thomas playing outside of his mind on the putting greens right now. I think he only has 16 measured rounds though, so keep that in mind. And then what was the third one? Oh, birdie or better. Yeah, you need guys who are going to make birdies. Patrick Reed, we'll talk about him. Ryan Palmer again popping up. Is Ryan Palmer going to be in every single one of my lineups? Potentially. Uh, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Bryson DeChambeau, a lot of the big names here as well. So those are the key stats I'm looking for. We'll kick over to the cheat sheet and see what the pricing and all that good stuff, how it, how it takes into account for this week. All right, so here's the cheat sheet. And you know what? I, I've been waiting on FanDuel to release their pricing. And at the time of me recording this, it hasn't happened yet. I couldn't wait any longer. I've been waiting three and a half weeks. I wasn't going to wait a couple more hours uh, to record this video. I was excited. So I'll load in the FanDuel pricing and the FanDuel optimizer sheet and all that stuff when FanDuel releases their salaries. But for now, we're forging ahead with DraftKings. We've got five golfers over $10,000 led by Dustin Johnson at the top. Is DJ a good play? Of course, he's always going to be a good play. I would argue that $11,000 is actually a pretty good price for him. You know, if we go back to his, if we go to the strokes gained view of this and look at him for 11,000, I mean, look at what he's done even in his last two starts, right? This is on average by round 4.79 strokes gained uh, at the Masters. 
3.39 in Houston. You can see what he's done at Kapalua over the last five years. Never lost strokes on average in the last five years. So I don't actually think there's that much of a case to be made about Dustin Johnson. He's a great play. He's a great play. Can you fit him in the lineups? Can you figure out uh, the best combinations? Sure. I, I, I'm not going to say a bad word about him. He's won this event. Um, JT at 10,007. I would argue that uh, Justin Thomas is probably one of the safer plays. You know, $10,700. He goes to, um, I think it's like six straight events he's played where he hasn't finished outside the top 12. Uh, he is going to a no-cut event. I think 10 of his 13 or 10 of his 14 PGA Tour victories have come in such events, no-cut events. He thrives in them. It's always going to be about the flat stick with him. He's won here twice. In the last four years, he won last year. He finished third in 2019. I mean, it's just, this is, again, kind of a no-brainer. Now, as we go on throughout the week and we start to see what the ownership's going to be, that's going to be important. If we find out that, you know, Dustin Johnson's coming in at 9% and Justin Thomas is coming in, coming in at 30, that's going to dictate a lot of our decisions. So join me on the live show Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll go over the projected ownership for these guys uh, because I think that's going to settle a lot of the debates in the in the above 10k range. I'm going to lump Rom and Xander together here. Um you know, Xander's been phenomenal. I they've both been phenomenal, but I I would say that of the 10k guys, these are the two that I I I have concerns about. They might be small concerns, they might be medium concerns, but they're the guys that I have concerns about. Let's start with Xander. Uh, I'm on the golfer profiles tool. You can see he's been absolutely phenomenal. I'm looking at his fantasy game logs here. And I mean, just trying to find him not returning value, right? I mean, he returns nearly nine times value at the Masters, 9.6 at the Zozo, 11 and a half at the CJ Cup, a little bit less at the US Open. But I mean, scoring was very difficult. I bet you if we look at how 69 and a half DraftKings points ranks against uh, some of the other guys that week. I bet you it's pretty high. I mean, he just he just continues to find value. We can look at his raw finishes. You know, that U.S. Open, he finished fifth. So, of course, that's going to be um, an event that he that he scored well in terms of fantasy scoring just because the, the, the course was so difficult. And, and he just gains every single week. DraftKings points gained. Boom, here's 30 of them at the Masters. Oh, we can actually go back, I suppose, to the U.S. Open. Yeah, only scored 69 and a half draft Kings points. That was 42 more than the average. Uh, so absolutely nothing to be concerned with about his game. Just came out a bit ago. Um, during the break, he tested positive for COVID. He said it, he said it kind of set him back a bit. He's only uh, had a couple of days where he's been back upright practicing, so he hasn't been as active. Now, if Justin Thomas is the king of no-cut events, then then Xander Shoffley is, is the prince of them. Um, doesn't have as many wins, but they a lot of them have come in these types of situations. He's won this event in the past, so I'm not going to dare try to determine um, you know, how COVID impacts him, but I don't like to hear that it did impact his practice time. That, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. It said, he, he said, yeah, like I would have, I wish I could have practiced more. That's it. That's all I'm going to take away from it. And to me, that's a bit of a concern. Again, we'll check on the ownership and then John Rahm's interesting, right? We can pull up Rahm's uh, profile here. And there's kind of two things that worry me about John Rahm. And um, these are small worries. The guy's absolutely fantastic as we look through his game logs here. I mean, 96 and a half draft Kings points at the Masters, 130 at the Zozo. I mean, the guy's an, he's an absolute freak. Um, here's the thing. Switching from TaylorMade to Callaway. That's going to be the big storyline. 
uh, Rom splits with Taylor made. He signs with Callaway. He's putting those clubs in play this week. I'm not one of these guys that thinks like, oh my God, he's, he's going to play the Callaways for the first time ever. No, of course not. He's been getting dialed in. He's been getting fitted. I'm sure he's been uh, practicing with them quite a bit. I just think it's a little bit different when you actually put that into play into competition. And I think we've seen that historically is, okay, now you have to trust this in competition. How do I feel about it? Uh, so that's a bit of a concern. Little one. And then the other thing is, and this is kind of a compliment to Rom, think about where his, his wins last year came and some of his better performances came at. Uh, it was the most difficult golf courses on the PGA Tour. It was Olympia Fields at the BMW Championship and it was Muirfield Village for the Memorial. Those were his two wins. Really grindy, difficult situations where I think the skill disparity uh, between him and some of his peers really gets magnified. That's not what we have here. I mean, Justin Thomas won last year at 14 under par. The winds whipped around a bit. That was like the most, by far the most difficult addition we've had of this event um, in recent memory. Sometimes we get to 25. Spieth won this at 30 under par. I mean, it's an easy course if the conditions lay down for you. So I actually, you know, if I'm going to pay the eight to one on John Rahm or the salary, which is $10,400 on DraftKings, it's a lot. I mean, if I'm trying to, it's very small edges that, that determine between these two guys. And I think there's, you know, concerns enough about Rom, about Xander that I'll probably be underweight on both of them. So then if you haven't figured this out yet, you know, Bryson DeChambeau at 10,200, uh, was, I was a bit surprised to see him be the fourth highest salaried golfer or fourth most expensive golfer on this slate. And you know, the wide fairways, sometimes a hundred yards wide, Bryson's just going to be able to bomb it around here. History says driving distance matters. I think it matters less than what the model says, but I also still think it matters, right? I mean, it's not probably the number one course, but it might be a top eight course, which I still think is a big deal. Um, putting matters in a big way. And Bryson's great at it. Uh, when you get some of these calculations, and trying to figure things out with elevation, uh, I trust Bryson to figure it out better than better than most. Um, and then you start looking at some of his fantasy performances. I mean, for him to return 10 times value at both the Shriners and the U.S. Open on his price tags, you know, 11800 9900 um, it's it's kind of jarring, right, what he was able to do. Now, I will say this. He is a lot more volatile than some of his other peers here, right? I mean, 27 points at the Northern Trust, uh, 46 at the BMW Championship, 55 at the Tour Championship. Yeah, it's it's not as consistently good as JT, for example, but the upside is incredible. And you can actually see this in his distribution here. You know, he has a lot of finishes in the upper half of his bell curve, in the upper half of his inst uh, his histogram, not Instagram, uh, you know, between 81 and 97 points. He's got 11% of his finishes coming above 114 DraftKings points, but he also has 20% of his finishes coming between 16 and 32 points. So, I mean, he is just um, more boom or bust than some of the other guys in that upper echelon. So keep that in mind in terms of cash games, but obviously for GPPs, uh, probably a much more valuable option. As we look to the 9K range, uh, it's, it's absolutely stacked. Uh, Patrick Reed, $9,600, uh, someone who's, who's won this event, finished second last year, shows up in big time events. Like I, I think it's a steal. I think it's a steal for 
uh, Hideki. Hideki at 9,000, played here three times, never finished outside the top four. Here you go. I mean, just gaining strokes every single time he comes and plays here. It's the best average finish of anybody. Played well in Houston, played well at the Masters. Uh, yeah, I can't tell you the last time he's he's lost strokes to the field. We can probably look it up. But, um, you know, Hideki's, Hideki is embarking on such a important year for him with, with Japan hosting the, the 2021 Olympics, him wanting to represent and represent in a strong fashion, I think, and you guys know me, I don't love the, the narrative stuff about it, right? Like I want to be the, the data guy, but, um, it just feels really strong that Hideki's going to be able to continue the, the, the recent run of success, the great play here and have 2020 just be a laser focused calendar year for him. Before we jump into the 8K range, uh, I did want to go over to the Holy Grail. I mean, this is just my my absolute favorite tool. I'll load in the, the FanDuel pricing when it becomes available. But the idea that, you know, we can kind of filter this on anything. And now that I have the field loaded in, it's 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 awesome. So I've got I've got the field here. Um, so it's going to cut down our, our measured our measured sizes here. And I, I just want to look for um you know, guys who are playing well recently, right? So I, you know, it, it might be wrong of me to continue to go back to the restart, which was in June. Um, so let's do 6-1, 2020. However, I think, and actually maybe I should be going longer than that because I think that, um, you know, when we've had a break like this, three, three and a half weeks, some guys even longer, kind of sets everybody back to neutral, right? There's not a lot of recent form to go on. So maybe we should be looking more at long-term form. So maybe I should even be going to the start of 2020. But just for these purposes, you know, guys that I think are, are certainly intriguing are, are going to be the, the Tita Green players. So Tita Green in this field from June 1st, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Sergio Hideki. Not sure that was that much of a surprise. The first couple guys in the 8K range, Colin Morikawa is in here at 8,800. Tony Finau is in here at 89. Scotty Scheffler is interesting. He's here at 8,500, the third best Tita Green player in the restart in the 8K range. Uh, Scotty makes a ton of birdies. Absolute birdie maker. When you get that in a uh, four-round event, guaranteed four rounds like this, it becomes really, really valuable. So I, I love that. Um, let's also do just for, just for kind of kicks, let's go back to the start of 2020. It's going to give us a handful more rounds. I just think it's notable. Uh, Colin Morikawa moves up. So you got to think what, well, you know, Morikawa had a, had a pretty, by his standards, poor finish to the year. Um, probably not satisfied with the way he played at the end of 2020 last couple of, of events. But if you think he's had three and a half weeks, I know he's been out there at Summit Club, uh, here in Las Vegas. I can, I've, I've, seen him out there putting work in, you know, it's, I think he kind of resets to the long-term, uh, average. And if you're looking at kind of long-term stuff, well, now you've got a, a three-time winner on the PGA tour and a major champion who's $8,800, which feels like a steal. So I'll see as builds go on over the course of, um, over the course of the week, if, if how many of them Morikawa makes, but I bet you if you're using long-term form, he's going to be making quite a few. And then if you are, um, if you are a freak and you want to get into the Bermuda grass putting stats, you can also do that. So you can do Bermuda sort by putting, see who puts well here. Um, in this field, Michael Thompson, 6,500. Sungjae Ims, Harris English, they're two and three. They're 82 and 87. Uh, then Mackenzie Hughes. So notable. I mean, Sungjae Im, solid in every single category. I think Bermuda's his best putting surface. So that's certainly noteworthy. And then while we're here, let's just do fantasy scoring real quick. Um, <clears throat> 
Let's just do guys who are in this field since the start of 2020. And I want to look at something here. Yeah, okay. So um, here we go. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau. Those are your top three DraftKings scores. And then it's Daniel Berger. Think about that. Fourth. In 2020, in terms of average DraftKings points, Daniel Berger is there. What I also like to look at is I've added in for this year uh, the birdie streaks and the rounds under 70. So this is per start. So you got to think like, you know, getting Justin Thomas here with 0.7 birdie streaks per event. So what's that? He's getting one and a half every two events, something like that. Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, that really goes a long way in DraftKings scoring. Patrick Reed, who I would not describe as a big-time birdie maker, gets hot. 0.73 birdie streak. I mean, let's just sort by the best birdie streaks in this field. Abraham Answer, Martin Laird, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas. I, I mean, surprised to see Answer and Patrick Reed at the top of that list. It, it goes such a long way in DraftKings scoring. It's it's unbelievable. So we'll jump back to the cheat sheet, kind of round this out a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about the 8K, 8K range down in the 7K range. This is where things start to get a bit hairy, especially with the way that the PGA Tour not only invited all the winners, of course, uh, the, all the champions from the 2020 season, but also uh, said, if you made the tour championship, come along. That's why we've got such a big field here. And now we've got a, a, a mix of, of both in this range, right? And, you know, Sergio Garcia snaps off and wins at Sanderson Farms, hasn't really done anything else all year. Mark Leishman wins very early in the year, wins at Farmers, was horrible after the restart. He's in the same tier as like a Sebastian Munoz who played well down the stretch. The names that jump out to me are actually towards the bottom of this range. Uh, Coke Rack at 7,300. I think six of his last nine starts in 2020, he finished inside the top 20. Um, and they were big time events. It was like the US Open, the Zozo, um, the two playoff events that he played. And then it was the CJ Cup that he won, right? In Las Vegas against a, a top tier field. He's sneaky long. He can get hot with a putter. That's a good combination for Kapalua. Brendan Todd, also interesting. So here's Brendan Todd. And I'm sorting this by, I'm on the, um, I'm on the strokes gained view of the cheat sheet here. Uh, you know, gains two and a half strokes per round at Mayakoba. That was a top 10. Gained strokes at RSM. He struggled at the Masters. He struggled at Bermuda. He struggled, honestly, for a while there. And we know he was dealing with the lingering effects of the broken toe and all that stuff that he was working back from. If he's now back and healthy, $7,200 feels like a bit of a steal for the upside. And he kind of does it in a different way than everybody else, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's hitting fairways this week. Everybody's hitting fairways. Uh, but he's a really great putter on those large green complexes. You wonder how he's going to be able to attack those. Hits his long irons really well. Pops up in tournaments that he shouldn't. 7200 bucks feels like a steal. And then the other guy. Shout out Ryan Palmer. I put this in the Slack channel. Um, so if you, if you join rickrungood.com, you join the Slack channel as well. I'm going to try to find this post that I put out, because what I did was um, I sorted by median uh, instead of mean. So instead of the average of DraftKings points, I I sorted the entire 2020 calendar year and, 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 and took the, the median for everyone. And the reason I think it might be a little bit better is because um, with golf, it's such a volatile sport, right? And if you miss the cut, you miss two rounds of scoring, you're going to have 
you know, you, you could have Martin Laird, whose average gets buoyed by winning, what he win, Shriners, and gets like 142 DraftKings points, but he missed a ton of cuts. But the average looks good. Uh, so median, you know, doesn't really allow you to disguise on the extremes. So I've got, let me see if I, actually, I think I could show you this. So I'm just going to pull the Slack channel over here. I hope you guys can see this. Ryan Palmer's logs from 2020 are phenomenal. I mean, the guy, the guy achieved 10 times value in like half of his starts. That's unbelievable. I mean, you could just kind of sort through here. I mean, uh, constantly under $7,500. I think only a couple of times he was, he was more expensive than that. Constantly posting 10, 11, 13 times value. Um, so if you actually go by median, uh, he had one of the best seasons in 2020 in terms of value because of how he was consistently underpriced. So uh, shout out to Ryan Palmer, $7,000, finds a way to get, get it done seemingly every single week. 6K range gets really ugly. Uh, I'm going to try to avoid it. And I think that you can because of uh, DJ, who is the favorite here, 11,000. Cheapest, uh, that's that's pretty cheap, you know, for the highest price golfer. You know, it's not too bad. You can probably make a lot of really good lineups. So I don't think I have to venture down here into the sub 7K range. But if I do, I think the obvious guys are the guys I talk about seemingly every single week. If you're new, Get used to Lonto Griffin. Uh, you know, when he's under $7,000, he seems to pop off. He's down here. He's $6,900. Um, he has, and I've talked about this a lot, but it still remains true. He has a skill set that has the ability, the opportunity to get hot, which is he hits his irons better than tour average and he putts better than tour average. So if he's on with both of those things, you can go really, really low. And that's what he did at both the Zozo and the CJ Cup. Let me go over to the fantasy view of this and pull up Lonto. He scored 107 points at the Zozo Championship. He scored 92 at the CJ Cup. Um, you know, he only scored 22 and a half at the Masters. I think he missed the cut. But like, that's what I'm talking about. It's not a consistency issue. It's just like, or it is a consistency issue, I guess. It's it's the fact that he has the skill set that can get hot in a moment's notice, which is always something valuable to have. And then Mackenzie Hughes, you know, I hate that I like Mackenzie Hughes um, because he is such a short game reliant player, and I hate that. But what he has proven is that he he's constantly popping up. Um, I'm going to pull up his, um, let me see if I can pull up something here for you real quick. Yeah. So here's his fantasy log. So I just pulled up his fantasy logs on the Holy grail here. And again, a very routinely inexpensive golfer. Um, but in like seven, I want to say it's seven of his last 15 starts at the end of 2020, he had a top 15 or better. So he actually does pop. He's going to be way more inconsistent uh, than a lot of guys, but like the ability to even get up to the top of the leaderboard uh, to make that much to make that much noise at such a cheap price is always is always very valuable to me. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do our first custom model of the new year, and this is the tool that's going to look very very similar to last year. Um, I'm th- this is this is the biggest project that I currently have uh, going on. I have a two step upgrade process, um, in line for this tool, uh, where, and right now I've been going through and updating all the data in the backend. I'll spare you the the details. This is a huge complex issue. So, um, I've, I've, 
uh, optimize a lot of the data in this tool for right now, uh, you're going to see this change once, uh, hopefully shortly, and then another huge change coming later. But this is this is an animal of a of a of a tool here. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's where we can put in our 100 weights into this, and we can run the model. And we can see who the best players are. So driving distance, um, the model, the, you know, the course key stats told me driving distance is more important here than any any other course on the PGA Tour. I believe it is important. I do not believe it is that important but I think it's still like top six or top eight. I'm going to give 25% on distance. I'm going to give 25% on, no, I'm going to give 20% on par fours. Remember to par 73 and it's the extra par four. I think it's three par threes, three par fives, like 12 par fours, like something crazy like that. Um, so that's 50 of our weights or 55 of our weights because it is a four round, uh, no cut event. You got to go heavy on birdie or better. And then I think you got to reward the putters. I mean, big greens, lots of, lots of undulation. You got to reward them. So I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go 30 on birdie or better, 25 on distance and strokes gain putting and 20 on par fours. And let's run this. Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. I was really not expecting that. Um, my top ranked player is Joaquin Neiman. He's 8,300. Uh, Jason Kokrak is number two. Ryan Palmer is number three. Let that sink in. That is surprising. Then we start to get into the guys that I thought we were going to see. Justin Thomas, Harris English, Xander Shoffley, Bryson DeChambeau. So now those top three guys, Neiman, Kokrak, Palmer, now I've got to sit down and say, okay, are these guys who should be making my lineups more often than they originally were before I ran this model. So those are guys I'm going to dive deeper into, which is what I like about this custom model because it removes all of my narrative, removes all of my gut, and just maybe points out some guys that I think are better. I mean, even Cameron Smith, he's like my 10th ranked golfer. I would not have had him that high. He's trending in the right direction. Maybe he's someone I should look further into. So uh, really interesting results here. I will dive deeper into these guys over the course of the next couple of days. There it is. Congratulations. We made it. 2021. Tournament of Champions, DFS preview later in the week, plenty more content. Join me on Wednesday, live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Join me on Wednesday evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, Jock Market Live IPO Sweat. We'll figure out a cool name for it. Jock Market Happy Hour, I think is what we're calling it. Um, And then Thursday, I'm going to live stream our fantasy draft, our season-long fantasy draft that I'm in. So uh, looking forward to seeing all you guys all week long. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you soon.